0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of WNK, the Weekly AEW News Kick. I am your host Tom. We're not joined by Patrick this week, so I'll introduce this one first. He is the Chicken Tikka Masala of human beings, AEW sound engineer, Jack Griffin. How's I don't it? know if that's a compliment, but I like it. You know, Chicken Tikka. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's.
1: The thing is, true? right? People slag off a Chicken Tikka Masala. I like a Chicken Tikka. I'm. A, I feel like that does sum me up because i'm just such a neutral kind of human being you know
0: i'm just a basic you know you're a meat and two veg missionary yeah. position sort of guy <laughs> yeah. peep show reference love it <laughs> i think it's a bit lewder than that in the show but yeah um and because we're not joined by patrick we are joined by a special guest um he's a bit of a provocateur on our uh, whatsapp group chat so this will probably be quite heavily edited episode how's it going liam
2: Hello, I'd use the term "special" very, very carefully to describe me, but
0: <laughs> point Your you special, special.
2: Yeah, she does.
0: Um, yeah, so why don't you tell us a little bit about a little bit about yourself? What's your name? Where'd you come from? No, um, tell us about how you got into wrestling. How long you've been into wrestling? You're an AEW fan, I take it, or she wouldn't be here. Uh,
2: well, from what I can remember, I used to watch it with my uncle when I was younger. And I'd always ask him what happened on Raw Rich War every week, if that's how long ago it was. Um When
0: around when around would this have been?
2: I'd imagine see, I would be around three or four at the time, so nineteen ninety nine. Oh, Wow, so really yeah. Yeah. But I actually didn't start properly watching wrestling week in, week out until after like the start of the Ruthless Aggression era, where it was Cena and Batista on top. Before that I never really oh. that much. You poor soul. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, I know. I missed all of the attitude era, pretty much. So when everyone says, oh, it was brilliant, I can't really comment because I weren't there for it.
0: Uh, it's never too late to go back and um, watch it. Yeah. I do notice that a lot of people see it through kind of rose-tinted glasses, though. The wrestling quality, if you go back and watch it now, was kind of the same or even worse than it is... Do you know what I mean? It's still very sports entertainment style. It was mainly yeah. the. It was just mainly just crazy stuff happening every week that made it kind of watchable.
2: I um, mean, um, this what- isn't really relevant as well but as a random fun fact I've never watched a WCW or an ECW event on the network or anything so I don't know whether I'm missing out on an absolute goldmine of a pay-per-view out there but
0: I think especially with WCW it's a bit hit and mess obviously because there's a reason they kind of went a bit you know, I think at one point, like pretty much like sixty percent of the roster were in the NWA, so it kind of got a bit silly. One thing I find is quite a common theme when Hugh filled in for Jack was he was saying uh, we all kind of seem to have exposure to wrestling and then a gap, and then when we actually got into wrestling. So I mentioned to Hugh for me it was I probably mentioned a bit before that on an intro episode as well that it was being given pugs with wrestlers on as a kid from like the Yokozuna, Shawn Michaels kind of era. Um, and then like Bret Hart and all that and Jack's first exposure was me watching wrestling as a kid and then he didn't really watch wrestling and so we all kind of got into it very very casually, then nothing, then got into it properly do you know what I mean? It seems to be the same with you, you had you know, an exposure to it when you were younger and then a break and then properly into it so what do you watch now? AEW, obviously, I assume. Uh
2: watch AEW. I've started to get into New Japan very very recently I had this thing where for the last three or four years I'd watch Wrestle Kingdom and be like, oh, okay, this is brilliant. I'm going to make more of an effort with New Japan and then wouldn't make more of an effort. Yeah. But I'm um, determined to try and change that this year. No, and, I've been there. Yeah. Uh, I watched MLW for the first time yesterday and it was a pretty good show. So I might want to MLW is really that.
0: fun is how i describe MLW. MLW is really fun for sure
2: and my relationship with WWE the best I can describe it is I don't give a fuck about it sorry if you're not allowed to swear on the podcast Uh,
1: you uh, are you are we we put ourselves explicit now just to allow it we tried
0: tried for exactly one and a half episodes to not swear Uh, and then we just gave up because we're not dead people Yeah.
2: yeah I don't really care for WWE but I always will like pop my head in around rumble season to major season and after that I just give up on it again when I see Baron Corbin versus Elias for the fifth time in five so yeah
0: um, i had i had baron corbin in our um our royal rumble draw wasn't a fan I've never who had of elias them. uh oh hugh you <laughs> had the hugh's oh okay so frequent listeners if we have any of them we'll, we'll remember hugh from filling in for patrick hugh drew potentially the worst uh three numbers from like a royal rumble sweepstakes i've ever seen uh he had elias he had Elias the Miz, and I can't remember his other one. Um, I don't know if anyone else remembers it. It probably goes to show how much of an impact he made. <laughs> Literally, um, I remember, and his top one out of the three, which means the last one eliminated still only came in twenty fourth out of thirty. So that was the point where all three of his guys have been eliminated. It was, it was, it wasn't pretty. Right. There are no particularly breaking news stories, unless I've missed something enormous this week. So we'll dive straight into our point-by-point review of Dynamite. So we started with Darby Allen versus Joe Gianella. What did? Let's go with uh, guests first. What did you make of this, Liam?
2: Ah, uh, it was a pretty good match for what it was. Decent pace on it. I mean, I personally think it would have been a better match if it had like a weapon-based stipulation behind it considering the history of both men and the matches that i've had before but that's just me wanting to see people get hurt and being an absolute prick uh <laughs> I, don't, I don't know whether this was noticed as well i can't exactly remember it is that moment but there was one point in the match where he sang a lot the crowd was chanting "Owenzo oh, amore and i was very no, very I confused think...
0: I think I tell you what that is, and I've got that as a complaint written down here. That's that's Austin Gunn grossly misusing the Seven Nation Army chant. Um, We've got to say, I don't, I, we always pin the blame on Austin Gunn. What if it's not Austin Gunn? What if it's his brother? Then I will issue a formal apology. but Until then, it's Austin Gunn. He just doesn't get it, Austin Gunn. It's you. You don't. It's duh. but he like elongates words so he goes oh Darby Allen and he did it with someone else the other week as well John Moxley that's who he did it with it's like it's stop trying to make it a thing it's not working like just just wait for it to naturally be the champ for someone. it winds me up I'm telling you what did you make of the match overall Jack overall um I liked the match I mean yeah
1: they've both got a bit more of a hardcore background so like liam said it would have been nicer to have a bit more like maybe a stipulation to it see a bit more weapons because like liam i like my hardcore matches i just but i like to see my matches have a bit more violence um but in terms of the match for what it was which was it was all in ring actually i don't think they left the ring did they once unless for a couple dives i think but there was a nice couple elements so i know a couple a spot where I think it was Joey Janella's heads were in between the ropes on, and Darby. Or was it the other way round? Where they used the rope to kind of I think hit it back. Was Joey's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought that was quite nice using the rope like that. I thought there was a couple of nice spots with Derby specifically, but um, but now I was a bit annoyed about what was said last week, which replied to this match, which you probably got down your notes where. The the whole element of the promo last week was like Team Taz were like, oh, we're going to have a presence in that match, okay? Um, and then Sting that was that? like, well, I'll, yeah. Then then Sting was like, okay, well, I'm going to be there as well. So I expected to see at least Sting ringside to have some sort of like, if there was a presence, some sort of protection. Neither from them there. Um, and I'll, when we talk about something that happened later on the show, I'll bring this up again because there's a point I want to say now but I don't want to spoil anything for those that haven't watched, so we'll do it like that. But yeah, so that annoyed me a little bit. Um, but in terms of the match, wasn't the best night of the match. It was never going to be with what the main event was, which we'll talk about later. But I thought it was a nice match. Um, it was enjoyable. Uh, there were worse, definitely worse matches on the show, so I'd probably give it like a three, 3 out of 5, maybe 3.5 out of 5
0: max. I don't know if you guys are watching the same match as me. i give it a 4.25 out of 5. I thought it was banging. Um I love. I just. I love the work rate of this match. I thought uh, the variations on the suicide dive we saw, where we had Joe Janella come out of the ring with a like a flying elbow. Uh, I think they called it an elbow suicider. I think um, Excalibur probably made up on the spot. And then um, Darby came out like with his back, like a coffin drop suicide dive, which was amazing. And then that suicide, that springboard, uh, springboard coffin drop. That, Joe that That was one spot, the, yeah. the German suplex was amazing. Yeah,
1: that that was one spot that definitely got me as well. That was one I meant to mention I forgot to... Yeah, that was just, really sick. Just
0: the pace was great and brutal. You know, it, obviously there wasn't a lot of storytelling available. There wasn't a lot of story available to tell there because, you know, it was one of those matches that you detest so much where they just set up a, a title match out of nowhere. Um, but, I mean... <sighs> It lost points to me because the finish there was there was zero build up to that finish. Derby just hit an STO and then the coffin drop and then it was over. I was like, where did that come from? There was no kind of there was no kind of reversals at the end. There was no big, de- you know. I've noticed that a lot with Derby matches, though. There seems to be when
1: Derby and it happened in the Brian Cage match, didn't it? Really, where it kind of he just
0: comes out of nowhere and just wins it without really any build up. It wasn't even like I don't mind out of nowhere finishes with like roll-up finishes you know what I mean that's fine it's just I don't know it just didn't feel like the match was over at all as as we say I don't just mean in that it didn't run long enough nah. it, just, it didn't feel like the spot to end it well it as we as we compare
1: with like New Japan it's like there's a health bar in like wrestling it didn't feel like that with this match
0: that health yeah. bar was going down um but yeah no uh, great to see Joe Janella back um I I I would love to see Joey pushed to the to the moon. Do you know what I mean? I I, I feel like maybe they don't want to reward him because he's very open about not giving a shit about being in shape and stuff. He you know he he drinks Jack Daniels and he smokes and he's like I don't give a shit. Do you know what I mean? So. Uh I, maybe maybe they don't want to reward that behaviour, but he's got the wrestling chops. I mean, they mentioned these two had had Guerrilla Warfare matches before, and you could see that, I think, in the chemistry. It was great. It was, for me, do you know what I mean? And even JR said on commentary, he said, Janela can be as good as he wants to be, do you know what I mean? So, it, he, yeah, he's, he's quite. You, you, we've seen him get great matches out of other people before, um, and he's definitely got the... The gimmick, I think, and the attitude. So, um, I, it's not going to happen. He's not going to get pushed to the moon. But I'd like—I I would have liked to see it. But yeah, I thought it was—it uh, was my match of the night until a specific match later. Obviously. Do you do you
1: think, as you said, they don't want to reward that behavior? Then of that they want—they want their stars to be a hundred percent like committed. Like this is a lifestyle, and, well, it is a lifestyle, isn't it? Like
0: you see how Possibly. Cody. Like I just—I don't know. I just I I can't imagine him going backstage and then going in because this came up in the whole thing with the Undertaker semi-controversy. It wasn't really a controversy where he talked about how the locker rooms are too soft now uh, on the Joe Rogan podcast and uh, talked about how oh, they've all got video games and locker rooms now essentially calling like the Millennials and Gen Z wrestlers like pussies essentially. And um... You know, Joey stuck up for them, and then they were like, Oh, you know, you one of them. He was like, Oh, no, don't get me wrong. I'm not playing video games when I go back, to, you know, back back into the locker room. I'm down a bottle of Jack Daniels and lighting up a cigarette. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, maybe they don't want to, like, have this as the face of the company. That's exactly why he should be pushed, because he's the bad boy. Do you know what I mean? What did you expect? He's living the gimmick. Do you know what I mean? So this took us on to a really good promo from John Moxley, I thought. Um, I. Won't come to Jack, even though I came to Liam first before, because we had a good long conversation there without Liam interjecting. So, Liam, do you have any thoughts on this, on John Moxley as a deliverer, or, uh, Deliverer? that's difficult to say, of a promo in general, uh, you know, of of his persona? thought Thoughts, essentially.
2: I'm going to be honest. I don't really have that much other than I think the belt, the IW, IWGP US belt's lovely. It's an absolutely brilliant belt, I feel. But... Beautiful, would not it? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's one of my favourites. I, I don't want to say a lot of Booker T, but I think it is in my top five. Uh, my as f- to the... f- fave five! My
0: favourite, <laughs> whatever it was. Shucky Ducky.
2: <laughs> Shucky Ducky Quack Quack. Literally every week you'd have a different fave five. But the only other thing I have to say is that I do love Mox and I think his promos are brilliant, but it feels to me like he cuts the same type of promo every week. Like, hey, insert wrestler here, you wanna fight, don't you know who I am? I'm John Moxley, we can fight anywhere, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, every week. <laughs> Whether it's Lance Archer, Kenta, Kenny Omega, I don't know, Don Callis, Sonny Kiss, whoever. It's literally the same thing every week promo wise. And like I said, he cuts his promos brilliantly, but it'd be nice for him to talk about different things every now and then.
0: <laughs> but delivery is flawless and purposeful, isn't it? Do you not think? Like
2: uh, yeah, I feel that he has obvious like emotion, and he knows like what to say, and like he times it well. But I just feel it's the same style of promo that's cut from him all the time. Like there's no difference between that and one the week before.
0: Yeah, I see where you're coming from. You got anything to add to that, Jack? Or not really too much. Just um,
1: to reiterate, point you said was it? It might have been last week or the week I wasn't here with Hugh, But I just love the the kind of. The fact that he's got a presence now, as you said, he's got that kind of walk. He's got that kind of aura about him. I've been watching a lot of um, New Japan YouTube stuff where they've been really pushing, obviously, his match with Kenta and um, all that. And he's been doing, they did like a little interview. It was broken into two parts. And I just love hearing him talk. Like that man could talk about anything to me. And I think he'd have my attention. Um, and and, yeah. I do, and I do agree with Liam. It is the same stuff. But I think it's just the way he talks about it, it makes me forget he, he said this millions times because it's so the delivery so raw. And he seems like he's not one of these kind of, I don't know, you could tell it, it kind of doesn't feel scripted in a way. It feels like he's genuinely saying it and he's a genuine. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, no, I will say Liam has a point what i would say is does it matter that it's the same stuff all the time because these i mean these are kind of very kind of binary wrestling characters to you know we give all of them kind of a character and you know run with that character that you're given do you know what i mean um so it's like how much range do you expect them to have when like did stone cold Cut the same promo all the time, like maybe. Do you know what I mean? And that's why they have these catchphrases they used to slip in there. Like uh, th- that's not so much a thing we wrestling anymore, but it definitely used to be. So it's like, is it? You know, it, it, yeah, it's the same stuff. As long as he keeps it fresh and keeps slipping in stuff, like I mean, there was a few really good sound bites from this one. He called um, <laughs> called Kent a dork, which I just thought was hilarious. He said, <laughs> you "Got the briefcase and walk around looking like yeah. a dork." <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, it's just so unnecessary, but. <laughs> Brilliant, and uh, talked about like there being a Bullet Club Facebook group or something. That, that you know, bit was great, actually. Yeah. yeah, I liked that. And and, he, and like I said, his delivery is uh, probably the, the 70% of promos, do you know what I mean? Is um, less what you say and how you say it. And he, he's uh, flawless, I think, in his delivery. But yeah, no, point very well taken, Liam. Then we went on to another promo. It was uh, Sammy, Sammy and MGF. Uh, well, Sammy walked into the locker room with the rest of the inner circle dismissed everyone except MGF and shit went down. Uh, do you want to elaborate on what went down and your thoughts on it, Jack? I
1: will take the floor, Tom.
0: Um, wow.
1: This was um, a really powerful um, segment for me. I mean, we all knew it was coming. We we say this all the time. We as viewers are so aware of what's going on and the inner circle aren't um, whatever he was saying to um, Santana Ortiz, Jake Hager, Wardlow um they, they obviously had some sort of impact um as what will be spoken about later but they obviously all left the room MGF and Sammy were talking there Sammy obviously
0: opened up. Great how they did that just just to quickly interject it was it, the how long they let that silence hang with that yeah. many of them in the room before they all left was brilliant mm. I
1: thought
0: definitely and
1: um yeah so Sammy says his piece says I know what you're up to all this kind of stuff opens up um and then obviously slyly I didn't actually see it start, but the obviously, caught at the end. MGF um, was recording the whole time. MGF um, obviously has used his words, and he, Sammy then says the quote, Oh, what you you trying to say? Like, I'm trying to take over the inner circle, Sammy. And MGF then goes, Yep, that's exactly what I wanted here. Stops the recording, which for me is the only problem I have with this segment, because everything MGF's done up to now, as a viewer, you know what's going on, but the inner circle haven't. And it's been very sly, and it's been all these little things. And this was such an obvious thing, which for MJ seemed a bit out of character for me um, to make it so obvious. But I know I think the only like kind of point to back that out would be something like I mean, Sammy already knows,
0: so it's kind of like why would he still try and hide it? Um, well, I, I have I had an issue with this specifically in that. I mean, okay, so don't get me wrong, I agree with you. I loved this segment. Um, I thought kind of MJF kind of gaslighting Sammy a little bit was awesome. I thought, you know, he's he's the best. It was It's, it's one of the three storylines I would consider great in AEW right now, which I haven't been able to say that about... I, I mean, I love AEW, but I wouldn't have said they've had great storylines because they never stick with one long enough um, to have had three on the go at once. So, you know, it's a good time to be an AEW fan right now. And this is one of the reasons why. What I will say is that they started this promo with Sammy saying, oh, I've brought a cameraman with me. I watched last week. Do you know what I mean? I watched I watched last week. I saw, I can see what you're doing, right? So they've, they've set this precedent that they're all going and watching, you know, he can go and watch the show. The evidence is on camera. So why then is MJF recording him to try and catch him out when when jericho can i see liam's clapping i mean uh, liam you need to unmute um, yourself for that liam's so giving li- liam giving Tom a round of um, applause yeah uh well there, <laughs> there you we go. go there you go um would you like to interject liam on what i've said there
2: uh yeah sorry to interrupt but this is literally by like, obviously this is like before the podcast started when i said to you about like what i'd pick for that thing like, this was it because him saying the cameraman stays defeats the entire point of the segment. Like, even if MJF was recording him on his phone or whatever, the entire thing is being recorded anyway because the cameraman's there. So, Sammy can just show Chris Jericho, like, what had happened, like, pre the punch.
0: Absolutely, man. And I will uh, say that this, I mean,. <laughs> It's not exactly... Uh, this. Uh, again, I thought this was a great segment, so I won't... What Liam was referring to there was me giving it my screamer of the week. Uh, I, I don't think this segment as a whole was bad enough to warrant that. What I will say is that I think this is a bigger problem with AEW where they're trying to present this realistic uh, presentation of wrestling, and I don't think it calls for it. It's wrestling, do you know what I mean? It's guys going in there, pretend fighting and stuff. So I don't think it needs to be... Like they're they're all they're try, they're really confining themselves. You know, there used to be this thing where like they just didn't acknowledge the cameras are there. It was like a soap opera, do you know what I mean? And they it worked really well for Lucha Underground. It worked well for WWE in the Attitude Era. That's kind of what I want to see in a way. I mean, I don't want them to absolutely take the piss with it. Like have major things that people don't know about happen on screen just because they didn't see it. Like and they weren't watching the show. Do you know what I mean? Like if something massive happens on the show, then. You know, someone's got to know about it, but like, don't have someone get away with ridiculous scheming behind someone's back. But you don't have to, you don't have to provide yourself cover for literally everything. Like this is the thing I was talking about with the Miro in the wedding. It was very meta with him kind of um calling on past stuff in WWE. Do you know what I mean? And 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 the weddings and wrestling tropes. Um And they just feel like they're really constraining themselves with the stories they can tell by everything being completely open, like everything, everyone knowing everything because it's on TV, I think they're kind of limiting themselves and the stories they can tell in that and the kind of mystery and stuff they can do with that because, do you know what I mean? I, I, yeah,
1: I, I think I know they, what I mean. they kind of trying to get the best of both. They want it to be a... Uh, like a soap opera as you say those wrestling should be it should be you know we should have to we should forget the cameras are there and everything the wrestlers uh, experience should be like it's real life but unfortunately then they have the elements where you know you get told that chris jericho says he watches every like show afterwards and then it's kind of like right so what you're trying to be do you want everyone to see each other and then as you said tom then you constrain yourself with storylines or do you want it to be like a soap opera kind of thing where it's like it's real life and everything going on has like these consequences and it's just kind of I think it's one of those issues with starting a brand new company where they're still trying to I know it's obviously well a year or two in now but they're still yeah. trying to find their feet aren't they and they're still trying to see what gets the best response I guess that's
0: kind of what they're trying to do I don't know true then we had Cody and Lee Johnson versus Pretty Peter Avalon and cesar Ben, ben-, ben- Am I? <laughs> you you us up last week. Didn't I, I'm, you just gonna, well? I'm just gonna Bononi Bo- <laughs> Either way, his name is Caesar. That much we know. Jack's just cracked open a beer. I've just seen. So that's really really professional, Jack. I'm gonna call you out on air just before we get into this match well we we are the
1: most unprofessional aw review podcast and proudly and so as most aw review podcast you know the episode airs wednesday night which is i don't know what liam's doing liam has champons up (laughs) um but yeah, so most, most AEW review shows, obviously... We're going to breeze show, over that okay. <laughs> we, we are. Um, obviously, the show goes up Wednesday night, Thursday morning. So, um, so today, obviously do their recordings on Thursday as normal people and get up ASAP. We're recording on Friday night and I just finished a long week
0: at work. So I thought beer time. So, you know, things could get wild. <laughs> We've got to have a selling point And ours is we are the most outdated podcast you can find for... <laughs> number one if If you find another we'll beat it we'll (laughs) upload it on the Thursday after the next Dynamite if we have to if if you're looking for an AW review with one day relevancy then we are the podcast for you not the podcast for you (laughs) well I think it gives us it gives us some time to reflect on the episode we'll say exactly Um, (laughs) that's exactly why we do it Cody and Lee Johnson versus uh, Peter and Cesar whose name I can totally pronounce I'm just choosing not to um yeah, this was this was a nothing match for me. This was an absolutely nothing match for me. Um, I want I nothing to say about it. I know Liam's got... I actually do have things to say about it. I've got things to say about kind of what happened after, but the match itself, it was just... Mm-hmm. It was just 10 minutes of nothing for me. But I know Liam has some thoughts about one specific point in the match as well.
2: I just want to start off by saying that I don't think I'm the only one here. I hate Cody's new theme. I'm gathering it's a TNT decision because it's Snoop Dogg.
0: Yeah, um, they got that crossover appeal and with yeah. their other show and also it's you know, it's Snoop Dogg. I think the the we've talked about this on the podcast before. We think this is why JR's still in the job because of name <laughs> recognition. Do you know what I mean? Um uh and it, and I, I I get it, I get it to a certain extent. If you can get Mike Tyson and Shaq on your show, then, you know it, it it gives you legitimacy because they i mean they're not small names in the world of sport do you know what i mean just just do it right do you know what i mean and having snoop dogs give a half assed verse that's then mashed into your existing entrance theme by downstate is not doing it right i don't think no, anyway sorry not. to i agree with you anyway so carry good
2: on. i'm glad yeah uh i liked the story behind the match with the fact that cody was injured which i'll get into shortly and um, like lee had to basically do it on his own uh and uh to speak about obviously what the post-match but before that my little thing is i don't think Cody's actually injured i think it's just a way to write 100- him off a revolution
0: 100 percent work because yeah he got um i can't remember who it was he got up let me have a look i've probably got it written down um, that's that's really blown the illusion that I'm recalling all this off the top of my head. Um, uh, no, I haven't got it. Um, he went Wonderful. for the uh, he went for a he went for a fireman's carry, I think, yeah. on somebody. And um, he wouldn't have done that if he was already injured. Do you know what I mean? Because that was after he got quote unquote injured um, mm-hmm. that he went for the Feynman's carry, and then he couldn't do the Feynman's carry and drop to his knees because of the injury. I don't that I mean that to me is a sure sign of. This is a work, do you know what I mean yeah. when you're when in the match on the fly you're then making i mean it, it's not on the fly, do you know what I mean it is it's my point you're making a spot out of said injury that's a giveaway to me that is a work. so you think this is going to get him out of the match at revelation Re- revelation revolution then.
2: Yeah, i say I think uh, now it wouldn't surprise me if he was... I don't want to say off TV at all because, well, it's Cody. But, yeah. I mean, I don't think I can see him wrestling until the match with Shaq and Cargill and Velvet, which is March. I can't remember if day, but obviously it's early March, I think.
1: I don't know if this and, has any relevancy, um, just quickly to Liam's point, but, um, that he... I just saw that the qualifying rounds of that Go Big Show finished, and it's now semi final. So I don't know if it's live semi finals, which may be why he's writing himself off so he can do
0: full commitment. To that absolutely there you go. Yeah, this says a uh, baby bonnet. Um, I he's uh, he he reminds me as his body type, uh, more than anything, of um, Donovan Dijak. I don't know what his name is. I think it's Dijakovic, or or he might have been one of the ones that got put in that new. That new anti for stable. Oh, no. He's currently w- called T-bar T Bar. T Bar. Yeah, he's currently called so. T Bar. Yeah, T Bar. Not what a fan a of that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, T Bone. He reminds me of um, T Pose. He uh, is just his body type. His wrestling not so much. Um, I was I was fairly impressed by him. He had he gave mm-hmm. me big kind of generic big man vibes though. I'd like to see some variation in what he does. It he didn't really. He didn't do anything wrong. He also didn't... I mean, Cody has to trust him to... uh, Assuming this is work, and he didn't just legitimately injure Cody um, on the very slight chance, but he obviously had to have faith in him to let him do the spot that, quote-unquote, injured him. Do you know what I mean? So um, he he seems like a solid worker. I don't see that spark yet about him. Do you know what I mean? But, oh, come. I'm assuming. Um, I have a problem, before we come to what Jack's thoughts. I have a problem with the post-match stuff with lee johnson i'm does anyone else get some serious vibes that there's like some proper nepotism going on with the nightmare family and members of the nightmare family um if i, if I getting... can oh, sorry sorry go on no no
2: i was just go gonna on. raise a point uh, the only thing i had to add was i don't know whether you two picked up on this but he thanked everyone apart from qt marshall
1: who Lee Johnson? I noticed yeah. this as well because it's I probably made I, Jack happy as hell. No, no, I, I, no. Thought, I saw. I don't know if I saw it on Twitter, but I did see that. And they, some someone in the comments said, "Oh, could there be some like future feud with Q T and Lee Johnson?" I'm like, "Well, maybe, but that's not big enough for dynamite. Like that might be some sort of A <laughs> W dark feud at best."
0: I, I can't wait to see Lee Johnson versus Q T Marshall in the main event of <laughs> nothing. So <Said> nobody ever. <laughs> um, no, um, yeah. I just he's. He he's had a losing streak on dark, I'm assuming, um, and then has won a match. Like, did it's ironic that Peter Avalon was the guy he pinned to then go up on stage and get to have this big Tony Schiavone interview where he gushes about you know, look at me, ma, I made it or whatever. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, he got this big interview with Tony Schiavone and like. It's ironic that the guy he beat is Peter Avalon, because Peter Avalon also had a losing streak. Brandon, Cut- Brandon Cutler also had a losing streak. Um, they never got to go on stage and give a kind of monologue on Dynamite about my losing streak's finally over. And it just does seem to me that people in the Nightmare family get this preferential treatment a little bit. Like You're, you're sick of Cutie Marshall, aren't you, Jack?
1: Well, yeah, and it it's even made more sick by the fact that I watch him every week on Sammy Guevara's vlog, and they pin him as this kind of like um, top top guy, basically like a big figure in AEW. Which I know he is in the background, but yeah, no, he's just
0: not no, for me. on the screen. Oh, they've, yeah. they've 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 given him so much exposure. Uh, as part of like you know his tag team with Dustin and it's just it feels undeserved a little bit and you know well, it's a
1: mean? bit it's a bit annoying as well that the fact that okay if you compare the two scenarios young bucks best mate Brandon Cutler Cody's best mate QT Cody Absolutely managed to get QT in a tag team with his brother and you know quite big big like push really on dynamite whereas Brandon Cutler's probably done it the right way and as they're calling two cut co- to contract Cutler, he's kind of, you know, he's, he's humble and he's not being given that same treatment which I think is better because, you know, like, why should he just get a push just because he's mates with someone that's
0: high up, you know? Yeah, and I think we're going to see a lot of this with the Nightmare Family and I like Cody but, you know, it is a, I do think, and and there's stuff with Brandy as well, like, with gimmicks that haven't particularly landed in the past that have been put in the spotlight which shouldn't have been and, I don't know, it just feels like the Nightmare family as a whole, you're in the nightmare family and you get your shot whether you deserve it or not. Not saying Lee Johnson doesn't deserve a shot, um, because he's clearly a talented young guy, but it was he laid it on a bit thick, in my opinion. Um the only uh, thing
2: I have to add on this situation is this isn't just like this week, this Dying White in general. I've noticed that the way that other groups called Trey themselves are always together. The nightmare family must really fucking hate Cody because the amount of time <laughs> times I've seen Cody get beaten down and no fucking <laughs> contact fuck to save
0: him on, at all. <laughs> Literally, actually, that's a really good point, Liam. <laughs> He's got a whole school of people that should be coming out to save him. It's like...
2: <laughs> he be should honest. be the most powerful guy in AEW with the amount of he has, but no, they all just sit and do fuck all every week while he gets battered by Team Taz. To
0: be honest, if I was in school, back in school, and someone was decking the shit out of my head teacher, I'd, I'd whip my phone out. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, it's not that I didn't like him. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so maybe maybe there's an element of that with the Nightmare Factory because like, it's a wrestling school now, isn't it, with the Nightmare Factory and Nightmare Family. So uh, yeah, Jack. I noticed we didn't come to you about the match itself though. Did you have anything to add about the match or was this as nothing for you as it was for you? Um
1: it, it was nothing. I'm, uh, you know what? I might call it my shocker of the week. I know Liam used his early. This might just be on a match perspective, but you know, if I break it down part by part, definitely agree with Liam um, or should I say uh, wrestler by wrestler. Cody definitely is forcing his way out of um, revolution and as i said i i personally think it might be because of the go big Show. i don't know if it's like our talent shows over here like britain Got talents is live um so obviously they need to time off but i don't know how it works but yeah um and yeah so that's that um then i go on to i'll go on to caesar benoni or whatever he's called now um i actually okay i believe his name is caesar bangbus (laughs) <laughs> it's like Benedict Cumberbatch, isn't it? <laughs> you just come up with a different version. <laughs> <laughs> That's our thing. But no, I think you know what? I, I was about to say I quite liked him, but you know, do I like him really? I think we call Serpenticode a B Tech high flyer. I think Caesar Benoni might be a B Tech like big guy, you know what I mean? Um Lance Archer. I mean, we'll go with that. Um and then Peter Avalon, it's not so much his wrestling. I mean, his wrestling is absolutely fine. I love his gimmick though. Later on in the main event, I thought I'd bring it up now as it's relevant. Um, I love his little heart shape kind of stool he lays on oh, yeah. with the red, um, the red sheet, and then the pillows, and I, he just sits there like so. I just thought that was quite funny. Uh, but yeah, he's he's average. And he, I mean, he's not terrible. I don't hate him like I hate Chaos Project um, and QT. But you know. He's it, it's, it's fine. And then, yeah, Lee Johnson, um, as you guys said, he's getting this push because he's Nightmare Family. Is he that good? i mean maybe but i think i like what the nightmare factory is doing because it's like it's a it's a good
0: it's like football with their academy you know yeah. build the academy bring the players everyone in. else has got one i mean yeah literally everyone else has every other promotion has their own that you know new japan has the dojo wwe has the performance center and the yeah NXT. used to be florida championship wrestling and ohio valley wrestling um going even further back in time um you know, they used to use feeder feds, essentially, like yeah. Southampton is to Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no. And, uh, you know, what else? They got... And Shikara had their own one. And, yeah, everyone's Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor, Mike? I think. I'm not sure. But, yeah. But this
1: is obviously AEW's one. It's a shame. It's obviously, well... Branded to Yeah, yeah, own, yeah. But, it, you know, it is what it is. I'm, I don't hate it. It's a nice way to get new talent. And I just wish the talent didn't get the sort of media push yeah like it just seems like 29 losses and then his first win comes on dynamite i get it but like i don't know to be honest
0: that's 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 pretty good cover against dickheads like us telling him he doesn't, doesn't yeah. push, <laughs> push to give him 29 <laughs> losses first and they can point to that and then, yeah Do you know what i mean but it's, uh, it was it was was it his Dynamite debut or at least his match debut? Because he's come out uh, of that before. I'm pretty sure to like bust up.
1: I think it might be his Dynamite debut. I think
2: it's his match.
1: Dynamite match yeah. debut. Definitely,
0: a match debut, Yeah. Um. But
1: now, but where's I going with that? Yeah. So that's just annoying. Um. And my my final comment and the whole thing. It just cringed me out a bit. It it was just cringy. Like you said, we watch so many matches each week with AEW, and no one else does some sort of like. And as you said. When Brandon Cutler beat Peter Avalon, he didn't do anything like that. Where it's was just, the speech when yeah, Peter Avalon got his first win? It's just not needed. Like, I get it. You know, you've worked hard you've got your, and you got your first win. But, I mean, only 50% of that win was yours. I know you did the main effort, but you're a tag team. So, it's right. like, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, let's move on because it's just an annoying segment. That I don't care for.
2: Uh, if I can raise uh, one more point before we yeah. move on. Yeah. Another thing, I only just thought of this when Jack was talking about the whole... the nightmare factory thing i hope that doesn't mean that majority of new recruits that have come up through dark and everything else are going to get the oh this guy's partnered with cody look at him i'd like to see more people pair up with team taz and more people come up through the dark order and things like that instead of them all being a part of the nightmare family i think that'd be nice as well, but whether they do that we'll um, have to wait and see
0: just to correct jack it's pronounced cesar bento box and um, <laughs> and uh, no, um, I did. I did want to say one more thing, which was how much does Arn Anderson's son look like him? That's weird. Yeah,
1: yeah, it is yeah. weird. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, there was a weird. I mean, segment. I know
0: I know kids are going to look like their parents, but that's like taking it too For far, sure. isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> literally. Got no but... right to look that much like his dad. <laughs> but how it old was
2: because he looks about forty already.
0: <laughs> I think I think that's fitting because I think Arn Anson has looked about forward since was about 19 so. it's
1: weird though because there was a segment I think it was just exclusive to YouTube they called it Coach's Corner so I don't know if it's a regular thing um, but it was an interviewer for Arn Anson and I think the it was a three, four minute interview. And I think the interviewer only managed to get one question in. So I, it wasn't a very good segment for me because it was just like, oh yeah, good win for Lee Johnson. How how do you feel like all this, whatever. And then yeah, Arne just took the floor. And then the interviewer just, the next thing she said was like, thanks for your time Arne. And then that was it. It was like, that was a weird segment. Um, so wouldn't really recommend checking it out. But if you've got nothing else to do,
0: you know, go for it. Next, we had a segment between the Young Bucks uh, and the Good Brothers. Um... I, I liked how they started this by the Good Brothers referring to Private Party as Private Sharty that was nice yeah, brilliant. Um, and uh, yeah um, Matt at one point Matt Jackson called out I mean they were they, they before we get onto that they had their kind of difference of opinion they seemed to kind of talk it out at the beginning of the segment um, which I don't think will last long is obviously like a, a a little patch on a, on a deeper problem uh, that's going to resurface um, but they're just teasing us. But then Matt um, calls out Santana and Ortiz. So we're going to have that match um, based on them eliminating them in the in the tournament. Um, it kind of, um don't know what the word I'm looking for,
1: but last week when we did the Battle Royal tag match, um, I obviously really wanted Santana Ortiz to win because I thought, oh, that'd be really good. That'd be a match I'd be hyped for, Bucks so versus Santana Ortiz. So the title, Revolution, yeah. They ended up obviously losing. We talked about that last week. Jericho and MJF. Get a fucking title shot out of it. Yeah. Um, so how come when they lose a Battle Royal, they then then gain a title? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. If you're giving a title shot to someone, give it to someone that hasn't just lost a week before a chance I to get a with- title shot.
0: I suppose I suppose it does make sense in, in wrestling logic, because the logic is the match itself was for a company-sanctioned title shot, whereas as the champions, the Young Bucks can choose to defend their title whenever they want, I guess, is the logic there. It does also, though, seem silly for them to get a title shot before the actual people that won the match based on their actions within said match. <laughs> you know and I mean? it then contradicts itself
1: for the whole fact they then, the week before, or two weeks before, had to match the... Um, six man, the three tag teams of Inner Circle two to be the tag team in the Inner Circle. So that's just been completely like irrelevant now because both even, it was like whoever, whoever won that was going to represent the Inner Circle in tag team matches. So, Jericho and MJF yeah, win and, and, and then Santana
0: Ortiz now actually. have a they're actually within the inner circle, and yeah, they, what if they bloody won it? Do you know what I mean? Literally. To, but can you imagine if they won the title now and then? Like, what happens won the then? Before, yeah, do they just go on to defend it? I mean, that's not going to happen. But it's it's just a bit
1: stupid. But that being said, looking forward to it. I like both teams, so I'm sure I'll enjoy the match. But it's just, it, it on a storyline point of view, um, didn't make sense. But you know what? I, I'm just such a mark for AW. I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Any thoughts on this segment, Liam?
2: Uh, yes, uh, this is actually not going into the logic behind the match because, well, Jack's already spoke my point about that. But I don't, I, I don't know what one it is. I know one of you will be able to tell me. But they've done it on Being the Elite and they've done it on uh, AEW as well, where one of the unboxers was happy to do the two sweet in public and the other one wanted to do it private. And I yeah, don't know um... what the story they're telling us here or what it's going to lead to or what, but that's obviously well, something mean... I've picked up on.
0: So on this particular bit, Matt, I, I am assuming this was an excuse then because I didn't realise this was longer running, so I'm assuming it's something on BTE because I've really fallen back on BTE. I will catch up. I say it every week, but I will. Um, <laughs> one of these days. Um, but, yeah, I noticed this week that Matt refused to do the Too Sweet uh, and he said it was because he feels awkward doing it with Sting around because Sting was in the Wolf Pack who also did the Too Sweet. Um, so, uh, but I don't know whether that's legit or whether he's giving a different reason every week and finding reasons not to do it because he's not invested in the thing. Again, it's it's them giving Matt more personality than Nick, which is something they've done forever. Um, they did it back when they faced Repugni 3K at uh, Wrestle Kingdom and then Matt sold the kayfabe back injury he got in that match for literally about three years afterwards um, they did it with I think Matt was the one that um, had that kind of emotional spot in the match against um, the Golden Lovers at uh, Strong Style Evolved when he forced him to put Kenny's forced Kenny to put his arm around his neck and hit him with the uh, the one winged angel yeah it was because I remember Nick making the save and um, and it was matt who kind of re- like was l- less agreeable less amenable with kenny and hangman um and had that i think he was probably the one that spat in i want to say hangman's face uh he was yeah much. he was it was yeah. um yeah um so yeah they they have they have aside from merch freak which we all love but is a bte exclusive um matt is definitely kind of given the personality guy of the group which already seems to be one i mean there was jeff hardy and the hardy boys and whatnot but it's the thing is nick's the high flyer and it's usually the high flyer who gets that role but matt's i mean maybe they're you know but yeah they're giving matt this kind of part of the story as well so he always seems to get the the these uh bits that takes us on to the first of two backstage promos featuring Adam Page and Matt Hardy. Um, we'll probably only really touch on this quite briefly now because we'll talk about the bulk of it uh, when we get on to the second promo featuring them. This was the one where they were in the hall. and Matt, I mean, let's make no bones about it. Matt Hardy asks Adam Page out on a date. Uh, and... Um, uh, yeah Adam Page agrees to it and then walks down the hall and there's a bit of an awkward encounter with the Dark Order so I like that that's still going um and I also like that they got all these guys in to film that one bit. I like lo- and I like how I like how the Dark Order just moves together as a unit, like gazelles. <laughs> do you know
1: what I mean? It, it made me so sad though when John was like, "Oh, hey, hey,
0: Adam." <laughs> it was just, just so- like. I he reminds me of he reminds me of <laughs> Alan <laughs> from The Hangover and his obsession with Phil. Uh, <laughs> oh
1: yeah, no, you said it last week, didn't you? That was yeah,
0: such a <laughs> oh hey Phil. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I will. Obviously, ask Liam about it and you more about it, but we'll come back to that when we get on to the second of these. pack versus Ryan Nemeth. I'm just going to say it now. Neither of you have the authority to do this. This was my shocker of the week. No, uh, really? Jack's face. Yeah, Jack. And I see how much you disagree with this visually. Name me one spot that happened in this match. Go. <laughs> yeah blackout <laughs> exactly <laughs> it, it was it,
1: to be fair though it's a squash match that we all sometimes really want from AW
0: but it wasn't it it lasted much longer than those squash matches we quote on really from AW, but nothing ha- yeah it, it, I mean I don't know how many squash matches you've actually seen but they're usually a proper old school squash match is less than a minute this was like what I, I don't know I didn't time it six seven minutes it felt like 30 um, <laughs> <laughs> was, I mean, the the only good thing I could say about it was that uh, R- uh, Ryan Nemeth. He kind of I could tell he his moveset and his and just his movement is very similar to his brother. You could see Dolph Ziggler in him, and you can tell they've probably trained together and or trained on the same person at some point. Um, what what happened in this match? Nothing. This was a waste of my time. <laughs> like... Which was more of a waste of your time? The last match we talked about or on this one? This one, at least that one furthered a storyline somewhat. Do you know, know what I mean? With Did it? The, really? Yeah, yeah, Cody's potential injury and whether they're going to do something with that. It it facilitated something. This...
1: I, I just want to see Pac, so, you know, I I enjoy Pac. I do
0: agree with what they said about, I don't know, it was JR who said he's uh, pound for pound the best wrestler. Probably, or It might have been Tony Schiavone. said pound for pound the best wrestler in AW, which, I mean, I agree with that. He is... Uh, I actually love him. i uh, He's my top I'd probably say top
1: three at the moment. I'd go if I had to pick three. Yeah, he's definitely... I just love watching him each week. I just think I love his, like, presence. I love the... He's, as we said last week in the... Was it, main, yeah, main event, break, beach break. You had Mox, you had Ray Phoenix, you had Pack. Pac is, like, the perfect hybrid of both, in a way, in my opinion. He's got the high, high flying, but not as much as Ray. And he's got, like, the kind of, like, brawler side and technical side, but not as much as, like, Mox if you know what I mean. He's kind of like, and I just
0: like that. He's kind of like the perfect wrestler. I I, well, well, then that's why didn't he do more of that in this match? Like, he's in there with Ryan Nemeth, a really athletic guy. Ryan Nemeth, who clearly, from one of the spots he did in this match, was the only other spot I remember, is clearly trying to outsell his brother. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> his, brother's, his brother's big on big cells, and he's there riding around on the floor. So just let Pat do something interesting to you. Do you know what I mean? This was just rest holds. There was nothing. There was, it was just like one long rest hold this match, and then it was over. Bad play. It was, Fair play. Shit. Fair it was play. shit. Um,. Liam, sorry, I've just completely demolished this before coming in to <laughs> ask you ask you anything about it. Please don't uh, tell me you really like this match because I'm going to feel terrible.
2: <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I, I think it was the greatest match of all time. I loved yeah, it, and obviously I'm fair. winding you up. Uh, the only things I actually have written down here, so to break kayfabe, Uh Pat's selling of the DDT and the drop I thought was pretty well. And it, uh, again, I've actually put a squash match, and I love. Uh, What's his name? Oh, that's, I'll put Primark Ziegler because I couldn't remember why it was called. He,
0: he, I mean, he is a Ziggler, technically. Yeah. He doesn't use that surname. He does. Ryan Nemeth. Nemeth game,
2: Ryan, Ryan Nemeth. Nemeth yeah. Anyway, I I do he, love uh, uh, Ryan selling. Brother, Mr. Yeah, I love Ryan selling, but I, obviously you've already said that he obviously gets it I from his he brother. Sold a
0: little bit, to be honest. But...
2: Yeah. Again, Another I think as it well? was like
0: he's he's got like a scoreboard going with his brother. I think, and it was, you know, <laughs> I think Dove gets to it mention. perfectly right though then we had a recap of the wedding um quite brief there's not much to say about it other than penelope is really good at looking pissed off um and i kind of i kind of like that they're using this to head towards nero versus orange cassidy because this is finally something i can get on board with with this whole thing i i like that as a match um, I like that as a potentially a revolution match. Uh, you know, we know that Orange Cassidy has stolen the shirt at Revolution before, so um, in his match with Pac, uh, I just still think it's weird that Miro is using um, Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian as a vehicle for a singles match with Orange Cassidy. It's, just, it's still bizarre to me. Um, I, the, the quicker he branches out on his own, for me, the better. Um, I don't know thoughts on this, Liam.
2: Uh, I mean to be honest with you I just feel that uh, obviously I get why miro and Kepa together as uh, like a team and everything but I do want to see M- miro move on from this soon maybe when after the few cast is done I want to see him do his own thing and go for titles and everything else and I feel that with his personality and how comedic he can be i don't really, I don't really know whether to say a babyface run would be the best thing for him, but I don't feel his personality has come through as much as what people thought it would when it was first announced he'd signed with the company.
0: I just want to pick up on what you said about it being obvious why Miro's with kip sabian why would you say that is because to me it just seems like they're keeping them together for his best man gimmick and just they had this name in mind from the best man and then thought the way but is there something behind the scenes are they with twitch and stuff because i I don't Uh, think on twitch or anything yeah
2: and i say to my knowledge at least anyway i'm pretty sure they're both fairly they stream on twitch quite a fair amount i'm unsure whether they stream together but i know when miro was in wwe and rusev and obviously Kip was, I, th- I think this might have been pre-AW as well, I like, can't really remember. I know they used to interact on each other's streams quite a lot and raid Fair each enough. other and everything else, so they've been close for a while. So Maybe he's really his best
0: man. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. Who knows? Right. Um, Jack, anything to add about this before we move on?
1: Um, just the fact, I, I would like a Miro-Orange-Cassidy match. I like, um, but I don't know if I'd like it as much because I... revolution last year you had pack a hard lad you know just straight edge like the the heel essentially against um yeah oc and he had his comedy sort of gimmick there which he showed glimmers of being like a really good wrestler then we had the chris jericho um one which again a heel but jericho has a comedy element to him um and i just don't and then obviously we saw oc a bit more of like a legit wrestler and i just don't know how i'm going to feel about a match with Mira and oc whether it's going to be I don't I don't know how I feel. It for me it kind of feels more of a dynamite match than a revolution, but I'm I'm here for it. I like both and um in terms of, you know, Miro's arrest, I agree he probably should be better solo or with a manager or something um and I I wonder what his storyline would have been, cause, um it wasn't too far along, too far away from the um the jimmy havoc leaving the company um which i assume miro would have had talks with um aw during before that so what was his storyline before yeah would he have been solo what oh, would jimmy his storyline have been into
0: this this yeah
1: line, like- or would you have the death triangle and then some sort of other triangle with miro kip and jimmy havoc that would have just been weird i could
0: yeah i'm assuming i'm assuming uh havoc would have broken off and done a solo thing which would yeah. be nice to see but Moving on, uh, we had Jericho and MJF versus The Acclaimed. Now, obviously, this had a lot of story implications. started out with MJF approaching the rest of the inner circle as they were about to enter, claiming that Sammy Sammy Guevara had broken his ribs (laughs) when he punched him in the gut, um, and obviously then using that as an excuse throughout the match to let Chris Jericho do the brunt of the work, despite being in his 50s. What were your thoughts
2: on this? Well, first of all, can we please, please stop with the single-ontitude of every Week? It worked well when there was a full set of crowds, but when it's forced amongst jobbers, local indie talent, and... They get, those, they get you know. so
0: into it in their faces I know but yeah. I'm not sure they are actually into it do you know what I mean? they're, not, they're,
2: they're not, the head banging the dancing it's just incredibly cringe and at this point I'm convinced Jericho probably has it written into his contract that everyone has to do it he walks out to the ring but it just, do you reckon locks it's just it just
0: when he walks out to the ring or he just like walks into Starbucks and like <laughs> Sammy well, now MGF I suppose is following behind him playing on their phone and everyone has to do the sing along the entire city of Jacksonville has been contracted
2: just walks behind him with a big stereo just playing yeah. on well
0: like that's what the acclaims gimmick is at the moment isn't it with a big yeah. stereo which brings on yeah. nicely into
2: that and speaking of the acclaimed what a great segue uh, they're currently my favourite thing in AEW and I love I them don't... Jack's yes. not
0: been a big fan I'm really curious Jack if what the fuck converted. Jack <laughs> let us know converted yet yeah? yay yeah, yeah or nay no? uh, I'm getting there he's getting there He's getting there. That's 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 something. Let's give him a let's give him a, a little firework of approval. I don't have applause yet, so <laughs> um, that's the most positive noise you're gonna get out of me. Um, yeah, no, I I really like him. I like I I think that rap was a bit flat last week, but this um, one of those the rapping. He's uh, Max Castor. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I I like the rap. I like that. Um, they reference the Rosie O'Donnell thing as well.
2: Uh, the other thing to bring in with the acclaimed of, is, I don't know, I'm going to be honest, I don't know whether they're face or a heel, but either way, that's a good thing with this type of gimmick. It works brilliantly because, similar to Elias in WWE, if you're a musical act as a wrestler, you can always shit talk your opponent whether they're a face or a heel and people are going to like it. And I think when the crowds are back, hopefully this year, but if not, then obviously next year, I think they'll get over fairly quickly and you can tell that the gimmick's obviously inspired by early John Cena. But it works and it, it suits them to be honest. As for the match in general, if you want my opinion on that, I thought it was a good match for what it was. Like I thought the acclaimed and Jericho and MJF suited each other pretty well and obviously MJF and Y2D like go brilliantly as like the shit house heel tag team that they are at the minute and i think the acclaimed in ring i think i think they've improved every week but whether that's just down to the opponents then obviously who knows
0: just to build on what you said there liam about not knowing whether they're faces or heels uh i i read them as a heel and i read this as a heel v heel tag match and i felt like the crowd or the quote unquote crowd um The as you say the jobbers and and uh, AW dark talent and stuff didn't really seem to know how to get into this match. Um, You know the when they who they were supposed to cheer for and who they weren't and um, yeah it was it was a bit awkward from the crowd for me because of that. Um, But yeah, I will just pick up on one thing I really didn't like about this match, and it was nothing to do with any of the wrestlers in it. It was Aubrey kicking. The Jericho and um, MJF's hand hands because they MJF sorry Jericho grabbed onto MJF's arm as he had one of the acclaimed in a submission hold uh, to give him more pull to give him more leverage and stuff and uh, then Aubrey came along noticed it and kicked their arms quite heftily to break it. Um, I just have to think would they do that for any other ref or is this just an Aubrey is a badass let's give Aubrey a, a cool badass spot. Do you know what I mean? Because the crowd are really big on Aubrey. Do you know what I mean? The crowd love Aubrey Edwards. Um, it's not necessary to really insert yourself into the match so much that you give like a jump kick on uh, somebody's arm to break up an illegal hold. Like count. That's what you're there for. You count to five. Like it just, I don't know. I don't know if I'm the only one that, that kind of had a problem with that. I probably am the only one who had a problem with that, but no, no. After
1: you, you explain, I agree. Um, but, at- I just saw it as a what it was. Um, but after you explain it was a bit, you know, unnecessary well, really. I mean, if you if you if you know, if you like it, have your own. Mind, no, no, I like I I, I, did, like I a, didn't I didn't have an opinion on it. <laughs> for me it was just a part of the match. Um for me it was an alright match. I mean I the like I said, the acclaims were getting a bit more um of a fan in me. Um I, each week I seem to the rapping's still not got me yet. I preferred this week's rap more. Um than I have any of the others, but the match in general. It wasn't the best match. I like um I liked when Jericho tried to do the Lion Salt, um, and failed. Because obviously the fact that he he got um over saying he did it so perfectly, so he tried doing it again. Typical Jericho trying to show off and it didn't pay off that time. Um but yeah, and obviously Julius Effect won the match, but I think if, you, if you're all right for me to go with the implications after the match, or do you want me just to hand that over to you?
0: I fill your boots, mate, leaders in.
1: Yeah, so, obviously, for me, this match was all about what happened after. The match was great, but, well, it, wasn't, it was okay. But the, what happened after was the main steal. So, after the events of what happened previously... Uh, obviously the inner circle out there with Jericho and MJF celebrating the win and then I love the fact that Sammy obviously comes out to his own music because usually when he comes out it's with the inner circle he's there already so it's nice hearing Sammy's music come out Um, and I love just how straight it was it wasn't like they tried to like basically long story short Sammy's left the inner circle should say that before I talk about but I love how they didn't try and convince him to stay or didn't try all that it was just straight up Sammy was like I said um In December, um, yeah. yeah. If I, I said in December, if this happened like one more time, I'm out. This is it. I'm out, and that was it. um And I like that. It wasn't a big, you know, five-minute thing where there was a lot of chatting. It was like, I oh know, like this could. It was just straight up like, like, you've had your chance. This is it. It's him. And what sold it perfectly was MJS little look at the camera and his little cheeky grin that you know, his plans working, whatever he's trying to do. I missed that. I must have been taking Did place. you miss it? I missed him doing well once he yeah. once he dropped the Bond shell where he's like, I'm out, um I'm leaving the inner circle right. Yeah. Everyone was obviously reacting. Jericho quite you know rightly upset he's lost his first tag team partner with the inner circle and one of the founding members
0: yeah i thought that i was like oh yeah yeah i will just say i I marked out when sammy came out
1: yeah i i did a bit i was a bit yeah hearing his music yeah exactly yeah it it was nice hearing his music on its own because normally like i said he comes out with the rest of them so it's usually judas you hear so it's nice hearing his music again um but yeah the main bit i took from it was mgs little look at the camera little grin his plans coming together um, and who's going to be next. I reckon Jericho. I reckon Jericho is the next one in um, MGS plan to
0: try and, so he can take control. That's where I'm going with it. Well, um, Sammy didn't just say he was leaving the inner circle as he was leaving the stadium alex Marvell yeah
1: that that came a well. bit after didn't it that was oh, i didn't know whether you wanted me to say that bit yeah
0: well no i mean it ca- it came it came right after the match but there was a break there was yeah a oh, okay yeah yeah came. i i would consider it as part of the same segment yeah that's fine the very okay. next thing that happened um where he said oh he said um I need I need time away from this place, and the commentators picked up on it. So um, does that mean he's going to take a few weeks off AEW and then come back to a thunderous reception? We hope. Thoughts on the whole thing, Liam?
2: Uh, uh, to obviously carry on with what Jack was saying, I did notice the MJF sort of smile towards the camera, and the t- two things I can see that them coming uh, from this. One, if they bring Sammy back short term, it wouldn't shock me to see a match uh, Sammy versus MJF at Revolution. But if we're going a bit long term, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see when the eventual turn does happen and Jericho does get kicked out of the inner circle by MJF and friends. Uh, whether they're going to all be beating down Jericho and then Sammy Guevara make, makes a save after having a month or two off.
0: I'd actually quite like to see, I know it's a bit random, but now we're talking about them beating down people together and, um, you know, MJF potentially becoming a, a bigger figure, maybe even the leader of the inner circle. I'd quite like to see Jake Hager on Wardlow as a tag team now they've put their differences aside. Yeah. Because yeah, obviously, obviously Sammy Hager's not, potentially not going to be a thing unless Hager follows him out the door uh, anymore. So I'd quite like to see a, a big guy tag team of them too. Do you know what I mean? I am... Um, I feel that will keep him busy. Um, yeah, no, good stuff this. I really, this, is, this was, I talked earlier about this three big storylines in AW, which I'm really into at the moment. One of them with this, one of them is this, one of them is The Obvious, uh, which we'll obviously come to later. And the next, perfect segue, is uh, the next one, This part two of Matt Hardy and Adam Page's date. Uh, we're on the date. I keep saying it. I mean, I, I assume for people who haven't seen it, it's not actually a date. But it it read that way. It was very sexual. <laughs> <laughs> he's laughing Matt Hardy's <laughs> laughing at all his jokes. He's buying him drinks. Of course, this turns out to be because he's trying to get him drunk so he can sign a contract, which is probably obviously an absurd contract like Private Party's on, although Private Party have come to accept it and they seem to be one round to Matt's side now. Um so i believe matt hardy probably owns um owns adam page in a way or represents him in, in some f- fashion now uh one problem i have with this is matt hardy brings along the camera breaks the fourth wall of the camera and says this is why i wanted a camera this is again this comes back to a similar thing to what i was talking about sammy earlier bringing the camera along but it, does that actually help him? That he's brought a camera along to document him getting a man drunk and then signing a contract? Like, is that legally binding if Adam Page isn't in his, in his, uh, you know, a lucid state of mind? And Matt Hardy's, Matt Hardy's brought the camera as if it it, it would, it would, help him like surely it would actually help him more to not have the camera there and get the signature because then he can say he's got the signature and Adam Page can't say oh yeah well I was drunk but now it's like okay you could probably take this to court with him like getting <laughs> inebriated and getting to <laughs> sign a contract when he was blackout drunk I'm pretty sure like Adam Page has a contention purely because Matt Hardy has filmed it not because it hasn't helped him in any way like in the real world do you know what I mean I don't know what you guys think about this
2: going on to what you said yeah uh Obviously, if he's drunk and he's been coercing to sign a deal and he's not 100% sober, then obviously he's just going to get shafted. But I thought that Handman switching the contract was clever. Uh, And I do wonder where it's going. I mean, again, me trying to fantasy book Revolution at this point, it wouldn't shock me to see a match with Matt Hardy versus Handman Page from Revolution, maybe. But, I mean, to be fair, with the contract that Hangman swapped it with, because I do feel Revolution could be a bit too soon. I'm wondering if maybe it's going to be something like a quote-unquote restraining order where Matt has to stay away from Hangman because obviously Matt's been bothering him for, like, what, three weeks now? And Hangman's entire thing, hence the reason he didn't join the Dark Order, was he wants to be on his own, he wants to be left alone, he doesn't really want to be with anyone whatsoever. So, and the fact that Matt's been with him.
0: I do think Matt Hardy is going to be kind of forcing him in a sense to compete that, you know, taking a big cut of his money because he's big money, Matt, um, blah, blah, blah. But then potentially the dark order will be the ones who rescue hangman in a sense. And then eventually we might get that payoff of him joining the dark. Order Cause people want him to join the dark order and AEW knows this and they got to give the people what they want. Um, but, you know, maybe not in the way everyone expects it to, because it's not as gratifying if he had joined the Dark Order at that at that time when he got that first offer. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I feel like it will feel a lot better if there's a story there, if there's emotion there. Do you know what I mean? Rather more so than what we've already got, and you know, if they go through this together, and then he finally joins. It's going to feel like a really good moment. As I say, I really like. You know, like we rag on the show a lot, which is, you know, believe it or not, we really, really like AEW compared to other <laughs> other wrestling promotions. But um, you know, it's I. But uh, that's I really why we're like so this. critical because critical, we yeah, love exactly it. because we love the product exactly, and because this is what we do with dissecting our show on a podcast. Um, yeah, anything to add to this, Jack? Not
1: too much for me. Just I, I love kind of the idea you suggested there of having a little you know, Hangman and Matt Hardy thing and Dark Order saving that for me would be really exciting. And then obviously we all know eventually we'll have a Kenny Hangman rematch. And I just love the idea of Dark Order being there with him. If he then won it off Kenny and having a big, you know, getting like them on their shoulders. Yeah. The, and I think that'd the, be sick. So,
0: now. so you, black confetti.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's so really exciting. Um, and um, yeah, as you said, this is one of the big storylines
0: that I really love watching each week. Are there lawyers on Fiverr, do you reckon? <laughs> like a <the> bike <laughs> I legit will, if there are some on there, I'm legit, before the next podcast, going to hire a lawyer, record a brief voice call with them where I show them this footage and ask them if that contract, whatever's on it, would be legally binding. I, I'd, I'd brief r- them on it first. <laughs> I'd be down for that. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, do okay. it. <laughs> I'm going to do that. That takes us on to... We had an interview with sting no we didn't <laughs> we almost had an interview with sting um I don't... liam you're not you're you're not forced to talk about this every week well no one's forced to talk about this i mean it's starting to feel like there's a gun to my head though to be honest we are don't forced. talk about this every week so he's just forced so... to listen about it each week. Why, don't, yeah. why don't why don't you <laughs> do it just talk about
2: it fine I'll, I'll get this over with uh, one can we I just want to stop with this whole Team Taz Derby and Sting crap it's been the same thing on AEW for a month now and if they're going to have someone as a big name as Sting you don't have him for a time filler for Team Taz and
0: Derby Allen and everything else what fucking else. time is he filling he didn't say any word. Well. <laughs> like, I mean, in general, like over the of His entrance is stuff. the time filler. His entrance takes, like, th- can anyone go back? And he, I mean, he didn't say anything, so we can't even go by on what he said. But can we, like, measure how long he was out there <laughs> compared to how long his entrance is? <sighs> Sorry, carry on.
2: Uh yeah, and um, like I said uh, the other thing which I know we're all gonna mention was the famous line: Sting is in hot pursuit," as he then walked very, very, very slowly <laughs> back down the tunnel. <laughs> and the he other for thing steam, as well. Hot
0: pursuit. Uh, <laughs> for speak. The
2: other thing uh, I've noticed that's twice in two weeks they've done a kidnapping angle with Marcus Stunt and FTR the week week previous. Um, the other thing we'll I've noticed. Because I have an issue with that. Of course, and um, the only last thing I don't like about this segment was the fact that we didn't hear anything about it the rest of the night. So, as far as we're concerned, it's going to take Sting doesn't give that much of a fuck, and it's going to take him a week to actually deal with it. It yeah, would have been mean, nice at least... to at least sing something that indicates he's going in that direction. For all we so know, what... he's fucked off home.
0: I mean, we know they have a... <laughs> we know <laughs> we know they have a warehouse at their disposal for uh, you know. Darby Allen smashing Windows purposes like hard ass, um, and then Sting copying it. The damn hoodlums. Um, yeah, the hoodlums. We're hoodlums. I'm not a hoodlum. Wait, yes, I am a hoodlum. Um... The... Oh, just, oh, sorry, that promo, when he just came upon the realisation he was a hoodlum halfway through, was just... Like, why'd you keep saying this? word? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, um... I, they have a warehouse. They could have had, like, a little kind of horror-style shoot where Sting is in there, and you got Taz, like, shouting out, but Sting doesn't know where he is in the dark, and he's going around with his baseball bat looking for him, and, like, they could have done so much. They could be doing things with this. They could be doing things with... They could... They. They got Sting. They could be doing, like, gothic cinematic segments with him, but they're fucking not. Like, it's the definition of madness is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. I don't know who said that. Fucking Shakespeare or Stephen Hawking or one of them cunts. Um, <laughs> I mean, I did kind of enjoy the spot, to be honest, with Derby getting dragged by the car. That was pretty decent. Um, it was the only good thing about it, the only redeeming part of this whole segment. Um, there was another badass spot from Derby. I think potentially you shouldn't waste it on um, promos about what a hard ass he is and and backstage segments and maybe just have some crazy matches where he does shit like this but um, no that was pretty fun the only good thing I can say about that segment the only reason it doesn't get my screamer of the week which I my shocker of the week sorry which I've given to uh, Pac versus uh, Dolph we next had kenny omega interview on the golf course um why
1: is why is Mark? can nice i just there? say i'm so sick. glad you didn't ask my opinion that day because i was just just going to refuse to say anything
0: anyway so well no i think <laughs> um we shall come to you first for your opinion on this what's your opinion oh, okay. on this kenny omega golf uh golf fuck my life golf segment <laughs> he's playing golf he has an interview Here you go. um i never took kenny for a golfer
1: that's why i got away with it who would have thought kenny omega a golfer eh Heal Kenny as a golfer. Heel, heel. I mean, I, I imagine his just because he's healed doesn't mean he changes his interest in sport. I imagine he was a oh, golfer that's exac- anyway. That's
0: exactly what happens. Once you get rich and evil, <laughs>
1: rich you have to play golf. You, <laughs> you play golf. have to play golf. Um, now, obviously, it was an alright spot. I love um, that he even cheats on the golf course. I think Tony Schiavone brought that up when he we hit that shot, didn't he? And then Callis like, puts it in <laughs> print. <in> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: That was um, and then, another eagle. <laughs> and, and then another highlight. Always Alex Marvez. Actually, I'm trying to remember if they said it earlier in the show. Um, Actually, I think it was. Was it Sting? Was it? Trying to think who it was earlier, but someone did something. Use your words, Jack. No, someone someone said I, I, I'm just going to say it was Tony saying can we get Alex Marvez on this because it was chasing someone and it was like that's his thing now I think oh, it was Sammy it was the Sammy Guevara walking off and he did and it, get off yeah. didn't he and they were like can we, get, can we get Alex Marvez on this because he's just the guy that chases everyone now um, but yeah, I just love Alex Marvez going can I, can I catch a ride and they just laugh and shrug but him I've off I've
0: got this how, how did he get there yeah, literally. He, he needs them to give him a ride back how did he get to the golf course
2: how did he get he there the, a right. literally yeah. Uh, I don't really have anything else to say about this other than what Jack said already to be honest uh, I thought we fit in the background though, or... was, uh, yeah uh, for white it was yeah but I didn't really know why it needs to take place on a golf course but the comedy bit behind it of having uh, Don Callis honestly put the ball in the hole giggity that was absolutely brilliant and that did actually get a chuckle out of me but I uh, mean the fact that Marvels is always going to random places to find Kenny and interview him. Is uh, that going to go anywhere? Because obviously there's been the golf course. He's went to Kenny's house. And... Well,
0: Mar- Marvez was original. We well, got put in a dungeon, didn't you, at Kenny's house? We referenced it in the name of our first show that wasn't like a special. Yeah. Our first name show was Take Marvez to Dungeon. Because um, that's what he said to Michael Nakazawa. Um, I feel like they may have slipped a George W. Bush reference in here because he said, now watch this shot or whatever. And it, of course, George W. Bush he was being I don't know probably the older people amongst us would would know this he was being interviewed about 9-11, Nine Eleven, a very serious topic. All, all them years ago, two thousand and one, or whatever. But he's yeah. on a golf course, and he says, "Now watch this drive." <laughs> like after <laughs> after talking about something so serious, and hits a shot. And I think I know where it was intentional, but I figure maybe they might have slipped something like that in there as well towards the beginning that some people might have missed. Um, yeah, funny segment. I like these segments. I liked it in his house. I liked it on the golf course. I like I like this heel. Kenny is um, all the greats can kind of reinvent themselves. Do you know what I mean? And uh, it seems to be. Furthering that. Now that takes us on to Layla Hirsch versus Thunder Rosa. No, know I like my women's matches, but why don't we get your opinion first, Liam?
2: Uh, I thought this was a very good match for what well, it was. A great opener to the tournament. Um, I thought Layla okay, Hirsch. Got, isn't
0: it, for what it was?
2: Oh, it can be, yeah. Fuck it. Every time I'm on here, you can have a for what it was counter.
0: Four, if
2: it's over 10, you get to give out a prize or something. Anyway. I thought that Hirsch got a good amount of offence like, like The match was very good for, at least for what it was again, for fuck's sake. Uh, um, and as for the whole tournament... We've all got Hirsch... our own
0: catchphrases. I say, do you know what I mean all the time. And when I listen to the podcast back, I'm like, who is that prick? And why does he keep saying that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Jack thinks that when he listens to you talk as well. As for the entire tournament, I personally think that Britt Baker's going to win it.
0: Good show, good show.
2: That's all I have to say about this, to be honest. Uh, good matter, but obviously uh, good about person one, so...
0: Yeah, I'm, I, I mean, I, the, the result was kind of obvious, but I'm a mark for these women's matches recently. This year, they've just they just flipped the switch on women's wrestling. I think it's intentional, I think, because it was so bad last year, which we complained a lot about at the beginning of the podcast. It's They've just made it their mission to to
1: fix it yeah no it was a good match I really liked it I noticed a bit of crowd participation I actually was a fan of Thunder Rosa I mean obviously it's Austin Gunn um, but singing the Thunderstruck but the Thunderstruck Thunderstruck by ACDC for Thunder Rosa I quite like that I don't know about you that's what he was doing yeah Thunder da 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 yeah I like that Um, but in terms of the match in general yeah never disappointed with Thunder Rosa or Layla Hirsch um we knew the result was going to be I think on the um, US side of the bracket the final is probably going to be Britt Baker Funderosa for the rematch um, I'm not sure whether Britt will win that or what but I'm, I mean Liam sees to think so I think we're on similar pages that she'll get far and
0: it'll be them to the US bracket to the final because she's talking about all the storylines she's yeah. consolidate and she'll have Serena Deeb in the next round if Serena mm. Deeb wins then she'll overcome Serena Deeb Maybe, she'll have. Yeah. then in the round after that she'll have on the final of the U.S. bracket, she'll have Britt Baker, and she'll oh, know, yeah. because she took the first loss, and then she'll be in the final, and then she probably she's probably going to win it. To be honest, I, I, yeah, she's I contracted AEW star now. I think I think she's the one. that I think she'll win the tournament. I think she'll win the title of it I'd love that. I'd love that.
1: I'd, I've been a big fan since since she came into AEW. To be fair, but in terms of Matt, I actually for I don't often, but I really enjoyed the Matt wrestling in this match. I thought it was really um, exciting to watch actually, and the match I mean, in general. Did you see.
0: Did you see when, um, I mean, for the whole match, sorry to cut you off, for the whole match, Layla Hirsch was trying to um, show off her high flying skills, which uh, in some parts I thought were average. Um, Her crossbody was pretty average, her tope was pretty average, it looked a little bit janky. Her moonsault was quality, um, and she hit it twice, she went for it twice. I'm not sure what either time it actually hit, I think it got reversed both times. However,. It just seems to me that good technical wrestlers always seem to have good moonsaults. That's the one they do great. (laughs) Kurt Angle had a fantastic moonsault. Uh, So I think maybe it's something to do with the angles or like it's similar to doing a German suplex or something like that. But um, yeah, my only... Flaw with her was that she was trying to do this stuff, and she's a very short girl. And when she was trying to get up the ropes, she did, she would she like walked up the ropes rather than kind of sprightly jumping up the ropes mm. you usually see from a high flyer towards the end there when she went for the second moonsault. What I will say though is because this kind of works into this, she, she hit a Hurricane Rana early on, which was really nice, um, and which you know is debatable that could be considered a high flying move, it's a quick move, definitely. Um, and then she did this thing where she kind of did a roll through armbreaker where she like kicked over Rosa's head and then rolled into this. It was really fluid stuff. Like you say, it was great technical wrestling. And she just, they're both such stars. I knew this was going to be a blinder.
1: <laughs> it was. And it was a great one to have, you know, the, the opening match to advertise this sort of tournament. Because, I mean... You got as as I heard someone say the other day. You got to assume you the the fact that what you're watching. There's going to be someone out there that this is the first time they're watching it. So this is a brand new women's tournament, um, and that's just a great match to have as the starter. And it's not good at this point. I mean, Monday, the all the Japanese um, women's matches I on that. yeah, that's all kicking off Monday. Well, all of them are out Monday. So um, so yeah, so it's 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 definitely you know. Can't come to a good start and i don't think it's got any sort of like signs of slowing down i think aw women's division 2021 is the year and it's really it's really good to see
0: well we'll also say is one thing i love to see is when action doesn't particularly slow down or when it does slow down but they make it exciting during the break and that's what i got from this match and this again playing into what you said about some really good and interesting groundwork in this match um They had uh, Layla kind of getting out with a really nice bridge of of a hold and then they were still kind of mat wrestling linked up and Rosa started slamming her head into the mat like three or four times because of the position they were in. It was just really good stuff and really engaging stuff in a time when not everyone's watching, do you know what I mean? So that's, that's something I really like to see. Not my best match of the night. I rated the first match of the night better and I rated the last match of the night even better which we'll get on to in just a second. But any final thoughts from anyone about this match? I think I said it. Keep it I'm up. The, I'm the fan say of it. I, I the the have nothing ladies.
2: about the match. The only thing I have to say is that I fucking love a tournament. So the, tournament. I'm, the more tournaments I get to see in AW and in wrestling in general, the better.
0: Well said. Well said. Here, here. That takes us into a Jungle Boy promo. There wasn't really much to this. The real big takeaway was that Marco Stunt is okay and has been released. Why? Why? Why have they released Marco Stunt? Um, they've. I agree. They, 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 they had something there. Like, was, oh, a kidnapping angle. Like, like they should be in jail for attempted kidnapping anyway. Do you know what I mean? So, like, this is what I mean. It's like they're they're treating it like serious world, real world stuff when when it suits them and not when it doesn't. Do you know what I mean? Like, surely. FTR should have been arrested for kidnapping Marco Stump, whether they wanted to, you know, file a complaint with AEW or not. Like, it just... Well, you know what would have know. been good with that, that whole kidnapping
1: storyline is, obviously, for what they did after their match, Jungle Boy and Dax Iward's match, which got them suspended for the week, why didn't they have some sort of, like, obviously, FTR want to climb back up the rankings and get the titles back. Why don't they have, like, a little bit going, even if it's for, like a couple of weeks that they constantly can't get a match because they keep on doing stuff to get them suspended for the next week. And then I kind
0: of get that's what was going on though, that they're trying to get suspended. I feel like that's how they were spinning it. But you know, this time uh, Jurassic Express have said not to suspend them for it. Um, whereas before they just cut some rubber horns off a guy. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah. Um, why though? are they scared of am I supposed to buy the FTR who these light hard asses are scared of facing Jurassic Express I mean they've never really struck me as that kind of heel before do you know what I mean but I don't know um, I just figured it was going somewhere they've kidnapped a guy do you know what I mean that's a, that's a big thing to do is just a quick aside throwaway gag for one dynamite do you know what I mean I was, I was, I was hoping for more about it I, I don't know what your thoughts are on this Liam as someone who's not discussing it every week what's your, your take on this uh i'm gonna be
2: honest uh don't really have much i haven't really written anything down about it but from what from what i know about the segment i i get they're probably doing it to re-long the feud. which whether that's going to end in the
0: feud. do something interesting with
2: thank you yeah the exactly that
0: they started you know
2: like i don't know how many it's be to revolution but i suppose if they're building to that i'm gathering they're gonna go Jurassic Express versus FDR but obviously I think we've seen that previous times so on Dynamite on quite a few occasions now but that may not be true I can't remember to be honest but I'm
0: pretty sure I've already seen that match as in a 2-1-2 they could have had a uh, custody of Marco stunt match <laughs> <laughs> Jack, Jack, Jack might not actually get that was, they had uh, Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero had a custody of Dominic match once way back in the day Rey Mysterio's son um, who is now a wrestler and he was in the Royal Rumble as you'll recall uh, had a match of who gets custody over him because um, Eddie Guerrero was claiming to be his real dad I'm young no uh, yeah. another good thing about
2: that match was uh, Vicky Guerrero ran out but she was late you can yeah. visibly hear Eddie Guerrero screaming, where the fuck was Mickey Where the yeah. fuck was Vicky? Absolutely
0: nuts. <laughs> well, all good things must come to an end, including this episode of WNK, but not before we talk about the main event. We still got that to go. This was good stuff. I think, uh, is an understatement. I'm going to, uh, bestow the honor of talking about this first to my brother, Jack. You know, that's,
1: that's very kind. I, I was very excited to talk about this one. Um, This was my favorite main event on Dynamite since the street fight. Um, This was insane. There was not one bit of this match I didn't enjoy. There were so many spots which were just awesome. Um, Personal highlights when they went into the kitchen and got the potatoes out. And my favorite call on commentary was when, was it, tony shivani was like he potatoed him <laughs>
0: no i think it was jr was it jr no 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 you might be right um because first lance archer came in with the sack of potatoes yeah and just them. just and them. then uh and then uh john moxley picked up the potato i think it was tony shivani i think you're right he's like he potatoed him <laughs> <laughs> which i thought was hilarious but um i'll go for
1: a quick negative before i talk about some more stuff i loved about it i again it calls for um it calls for the way we treat being the elite. There are going to be people that watch AW who've never watched New Japan in their life, and they've never heard of Kenta. There has not been enough kind of context. Like, give us a little two, three minute fact file, even on this episode of AW, yeah, just to a, a bit of background. Like, who is Kenta? Like, he fights New Japan. Why is this feud happening? Like, and it, I, I do like the twist now that you know, Mark's lost the world title that, you know, it was, it was a shame, but it's gone to Kenny now. Um, he had that kind of thing. Now this fuse brought back up. I kind of want to see him keep coming out with the U S title because as Liam said earlier, it's a beautiful title and it looks really good on him. Um, but that's my only negative. I would have liked, you know, you can't assume everyone knows who Kenta is in new Japan, what new Japan is. This is going to be some people first ever watching, um, and, or just loyal to a W, um, so yeah that's my only negative other parts though i loved one of my favorite spots was um kenny omega setting moxley up for you can escape and then gets jumps onto the top and then with the trash can he's put onto like the I've, post
0: oh. i feel like i've seen that spot before it, uh, i'm not sure where i'm pretty sure it was also with a trash can i don't think it was with a chair um i'd just like to run it back quick for yeah yeah you know, yeah kind of listening along and and kind of talk about the beginning of the match. Um, yeah, I'm jumping all Kent. over the place, sorry. that's <laughs> right. Kenta comes out and we see the kind of his modified Bullet Club logo, which was wild to me, seeing a Bullet Club logo on AEW, despite the fact that that is kind of how AEW started with All In and um, a big, massive Bullet Club thing on the Tron, do you know what I mean? It was, um, it was a Bullet Club event, but it still, to me, was weird after all this time seeing uh, the, the Bullet Club link coming back to them. Um, all four men in this match, former, new, former or current New Japan talent, and all four of them either have had the US title or are about to challenge the US title in the case of Kenta. So I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, it was... If this felt like Lance Archer's watershed match to me, he came into this and he finally felt like one of the top guys that, in this match. Um, you, you see him hanging with the two established top guys in Kenny and Mox and this guy who's got all the hype around him in Kenta. This to me felt like Lance Archer had he entering was, even yeah. even though he was there to eat the pin, he definitely just felt legit, you know. He
1: was a highlight for me. He was Yeah I think out of the whole match he was my favourite and it was and I like how when the ends of the match don't, you know, put down the rest of it, it took four people to pin Archer so we still yeah. got some, you know, big kind of it would have been a shame obviously like kenny or kenta pinned him um and then he's just like okay um liam (laughs) liam it's not school (laughs) liam's got his hand up so we'll pass over liam because he's itching to talk
2: if i can quickly raise a point i don't know i'm gathering you to notice this as well but i noticed that all four of the wrestlers involved in the main event were all like by the previous or current new japan
0: tom tom said that I don't know if you just weren't listening to me just just then, Leah, Leah, when, when, Leah,
2: when you're a guest on a podcast, you can't seem to listen to what's being said. I mean, I was listening. I that bit, but I have been listening to you, Tom. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, i was, Tom, that to that Tom
0: looks broken. Tom looks like a broken man. Tom, look, I love How you. How do I we guess? expect people who have to search for this podcast to listen to the whole podcast if the person? <laughs> <laughs> who is a guest on the show <laughs> is not listening to the podcast. I was listening. I must have missed you
2: saying it. Say it. Oh, no point, no, I spent no, plenty, I loved plenty
0: of time on it, Liam.
1: Oh,
2: no. I know. Calm the
1: fuck oh, down. Amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. all fine. That's staying in.
2: <laughs> okay, fuck it. i staying in. We're live, pal. But, yeah, to carry on, I thought the match itself was brilliant. And sorry, Tom, I love you. And, yeah, um. The potato spot was cool. The only downside I yeah that, <laughs> can I said that Liam. <laughs> I know
0: I, that's that's the name of the episode. The pota- <laughs> I just love the way Liam just said that. I don't know why. Yeah, the potato spot was cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I've never heard that. I never thought I'd hear that those words together. Oh. So
2: I might make and that. And this is the only downside I have to the match, which this isn't a bad thing. But the table didn't break. Completely in me, kenta jumping off the stage onto my yeah, spot. no,
1: you've you reminded me, Liam. Was. I really, I really want to
2: say this. Um, Fuck me, you didn't <laughs> actually say it. Wow, brilliant. No,
1: no, you reminded me. I really, when I was watching the episode, I was like, I need to mention this. So, I've worked in many a kitchen. So has Tom. And I don't know Liam's background in kitchens. I can <laughs> barely
2: make a pot noodle. <laughs> I haven't.
1: I think but, you guys but, are talking about different spots. But okay, carry on. No, no, no. We're talking about. oh we? Oh fuck me! Well, I'm going to say it any- <laughs> I'm going to say it anyway now because it's embarrassing. Okay. Um, cool. So, but the spot I'm talking about is in the kitchen where Mox and yeah, Kenta... Okay, we're on. We're. Are we different? You uh, say. Yeah, no, different. different. He's different. different. Well, I can edit it and chop it around. It makes sense. Um, Don't. I
0: want everyone else to look, look as <laughs> much
1: dickhead as I look in this one. Um, but no, when um, Mox and Kenta were fighting on the the. Um, what what do you call them like the carts whatever that you the buffet tables that's what they called them i think in the on the commentary desk Them things have um stops to stop and wheeling and i don't know who was setting up this match if they knew they were going to go into the kitchen and do that spot why didn't you put the brakes on table because you had poor um i don't know what the rest called in this one um paul turner is it paul turner
0: It's pronounced Caesar Panini.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But bless him. He's there whilst trying to obviously ref, holding the tables together to try and like make sure. Because at one point they were separated. And if the spot that was about to happen happened, that could have really hurt someone. So he's trying to like put the tables together. Just, I mean, yeah, that is just so, just put the brakes on next time. But sorry, Liam, talk about your lovely table spot, which I...
0: Can we not just be jumping all over the place, <laughs> like like the, uh, Like like Paul Turner, I have lost control of this this the discussion of this match. Um, let's go by beat by beat. We've covered Kenny getting the trash can out. We liked Kenny getting the trash can out. Yeah, and uh, and hitting the moonsault with it. Then we had they sent it into the crowd and Kenta grabbed Peter Avalon, which I loved because it just added to the chaos of it. And uh, poor Peter Avalon eats a a GTS, um, yeah, uh, any thoughts on, on on his involvement in it? I just, I I like when they add people like that in, it just adds to the chaos, like when Eddie Kingston the other week attacked Billy Gunn during the Lumberjack match, it's like, fuck you too, do you know what I mean?
2: Uh, I mean, the one thing I can say about this is the fact that obviously, one, this may not be true, but I think, I think Peter Avalon is the first person to take a GTS during a match in AEW history.
0: And, and you can never take that away from him.
2: Exactly. He, exactly. And the other thing was this bed thing that he was lay on, the heart shaped thing, if a wrestler went through it, he couldn't have had a mattress on it. So that must have been really un- fucking uncomfortable if he was actually like lay on that for yeah. any prolonged period of time. It would have been like lying on a floor. I
1: think I saw some sort of like air mattress thing under it, like a really thin one, but I thought I saw something under it. So maybe that was maybe that was there just I don't know if it's there all the time when Peter Avalon's on it, but maybe it was there just to, you know, make it not as uncomfortable.
2: And the last thing to uh, bring up, surely, a any lying on anything shaped in a heart would be really impractical and really uncomfortable, unless you sleep diagonally.
0: But it's pretty You're Peter bit- Avalon. He can do what he wants. Plus, I mean, heart-shaped beds do exist. I'm, I'm sorry, you've never had them. A, there are a fucking waste, waste of time.
2: Fuck heart-shaped beds. <laughs>
0: heart-shaped tubs too you'll be shocked to hear um hot tubs what hot, hot tub's heart-shaped hot tubs they're
2: a thing oh you're about that thing that's basically a bath with your family
0: do you <laughs> what's going
2: on with your family <laughs>
0: i'm losing control of this podcast
2: i have and chips for lunch most days what the fuck do you mean right so I did, if you think I about, mean about it right? give,
0: i'd give our american listeners a disclaimer actually Jack mentioned about you being from Birmingham. That is just the way they talk. Um, <laughs> Liam doesn't have a head injury of any sort, for those who are concerned.
2: This is incredible. <laughs> right. So okay, let me put some perspective for you. Fuck the wrestling. Right. Hot tubs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm fucking this one. <laughs> I Please tell me my- more
0: about hot tubs. <laughs> And how many tests attest to everyone in your family,
2: Liam? Back to my point. I'm not saying I have, because I live in Birmingham. Do you think I've ever I'm owned not a hot saying
0: tub? I have. I'm not saying I haven't. But for the record, Your Honour, I'm not saying I have either.
2: <laughs> what is going if on? I, if I can get back on track, this is way off track to begin with. If you're in a hot tub, with, let's say you're in a hot tub. With, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not fucking done, okay? Okay, I'm what one listen. yeah you do exactly if you're in a hot tub with like let's say you're in a hot tub with a family member right if the bubbles go on apparently it's normal as soon as the bubble goes off you're in a fucking bath (laughs) hot tubs are fucking useless unless you like to bath with your fucking family and i don't for the record your honor
0: Georgina's looking at me like, what the fuck is Every time he said, let's go back on track, I thought he was going to get back to the wrestling, and then he's like, let's get back on track. So, hot dogs with your family. I bet is this it, it ended as badly as I expected it to. Oh.
2: Well, you got what you expected with me.
0: That was surreal. <laughs> so... Covered from that, um, barely. Uh, we have what we have half a match still to talk about. Um, so then we had the nice spot in the kitchen with Kenta and John Moxley on the metal tables, which Jack mentioned about them should have been secured. Um, and then they brought it back out again, and we had that. Now, well, probably go down in history this uh, table spot, won't it? With uh, Lance Archer gets Kenta up. For the blackout and goes to put him through the table. The monitors were still up, by the way, and they've got proper, like, computer monitors in AEW. They've not got, like, the. Yeah, I think that's why they teased it. Yeah, the boxes from, like, the mid 90s that, for some reason, WWE is still using for, like, nostalgia purposes. They've got proper computer monitors up in AEW, and I was like, he's not going to take that, is he? And then, obviously, he didn't. But the unexpected thing was the drop and the run and the just, like, I love that because throughout this entire match they'd split into two camps they 'd had Moxley and Kenta laser focused on each other, and Kenny and Archer by default were the latter two. but I think this is going to involve evolve into some sort of feud based on you know how brutal they were with each other um, so maybe Mox can get put on the back burner a bit while they have a match with well Kenny has a match with Archer. Um thoughts on this spot in particular, because I know you, you mentioned something about it, Liam, and uh also yeah, what I've just said there about the potential direction of a story and feuds.
2: Uh yeah, the spot in question, uh, good spot. I like I said, I liked everything about it, but it just would have been perfect if the table actually broke because obviously I don't know whether it's catching like from Kent's side or whether it was just the way it was hit, but they both just fell off the table and the table fell. And I'm going to go back to something that happened earlier in the match, which I'm gathering you two picked up on. I was watching it live and I don't know whether this was edited out or whatever, but mid-match, it just, they basically had a recap of the start yeah, of the match. I was,
0: I was, I had that written down before this bit. I, I realised I'd gone past it. I was going to come back to it at the end, but this yeah. is actually, I rated this, 4.75 out of five on on the right. Meltzer scale shall we say it probably would have got a five from me if it wasn't for this weird i mean is it not filmed i i don't know because i know some of them have been pre-taped and some of them are live i don't, know I where don't this think was it was that's what this one was pre-taped because Pre- i saw yeah. no so, crowd yeah because not only that but it sounded like it was recorded in post <laughs> from an audio perspective do you know what i mean um so that was quite weird i guess while they were they were in an area where but they obviously filmed the match in two parts, I guess. But um, yeah, C- continue, sorry. I picked up on that as That's well, right.
2: essentially, is what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm going to say that was a bit weird. There seemed like some I'd get from Kevin Dunn and the rest of WWE, to be honest. Uh, so I was quite surprised to see AW do something like that for you know, all the amount of times they've tried to be different than everything else. Uh, but good match very good match it was constantly entertaining by that spark that i've just mentioned with them um, going back to the start of the match and it was one of them where you feel like you can't take your eyes off the screen in case you miss something and um, the only this isn't i get the down gripe this is pardon me this is just me being a bit wanting too much but with tony khan saying on it, the impact advert on tuesday uh, yeah, maybe we'll have sh- someone show up this week. Maybe we'll do it every week. I was kind of expecting someone else to come out at the end, whether that be another member of New Japan roster that's based in America, yeah. like Guerrilla's of Destiny or maybe Jay White or something like that, because I think he lives in Florida. I would have liked, uh, not would have liked, obviously I would have loved that to happen, but I was somewhat expecting it from Tony Khan's comments. So I was a bit deflated when no one did, but overall it was still a brilliant match and a pretty good show in general for the amount of stuff that was on there.
0: Well, that's a pretty good segue into what actually did happen, which was the Good Brothers came out <clears throat> towards the end. I was half expecting when when they were lining, was it was it Mox or actually, I can't remember who it was. They were lining them up for something pretty brutal. Oh no, was it? It was Jake the Snake. It was Jake the Snake. They were they were lining him up for a brutal move. I was honestly expecting the Young Bucks to make the save on that, like for a brief moment, but. Um I love when they came out, it just added to the storytelling because the one thing this match was missing with Kenta's kind of arrival and like Jack said, unfamiliarity with the AEW universe. Of course, like there's there's been there's been something building between him and Mox through promos and stuff like that and through Kenta showing up on New Japan Strong. There's not really been any established story between them on AEW specifically. And there's no real established rivalry, really, between Kenny Omega and Lance Archer. Or indeed Lance Archer and Kenta. Whatever. So it's you know, it's um it could have lacked story, but then when the Good Brothers came out, I felt that do you know what I mean? I felt stories being told, and with Jake the Snake and stuff like that, I will notice they very seriously said they couldn't give give Jake the Snake a live mic at some point when one of one of the um, one of them said invite him on commentary, and the other was like, no, don't do that. Um, it almost sounded legit from them to not bring him on commentary. Um, yeah, um, but going beat for beat again, Archer hits a lovely lion salt towards the end of the match, and. Um, one thing I absolutely loved was when he gets Kyle Anderson up for the choke chokeslam and he reverses it into the gun stun. Beautiful stuff. Um, any particular highlights for you towards the end or about the finish, Jack? Uh, for me, as, as I mentioned last time I spoke, um,
1: yeah, just the, the finish, it was a proper heel finish when it um I thought I would hate it um, because I, I, I'm a man who likes my legit wrestling. I, I like legit finishes, but with the Kenny's story it made sense and as I said with the whole Lance Archer stuff it gives him you know still some legitimacy a big like big figure in AEW um particular spots that I liked um I liked that he tried to do the blackout on Kenny I thought that was and obviously was unsuccessful some reason part of me thought he was going to hit it and then Kenny was going to kick out I don't know why um but I thought that was cool um trying to think what other ones there were yeah, the fact he um, very nearly went to hit Jake the Snake, I thought that was that just <laughs> sort of cements. Also, Patrick mentioned it before the whole hillside face side coming out the tunnels. Kenny's on the hillside now. I don't know if anyone else noticed that. Of course, I mean, of he course he, he is. Hillside. I don't know how long he has been, um, but it. it I mean I assume it's been for a while but um just, but it just just, clocked.
0: just while you're talking about Kenny Omega's entrance um I loved how he specifically was going on about statistics related to him and the US the IWGP US title Yeah that and, and
1: that's type. that's what he does really well each entrance he changes what they say to fit whatever it is and that's really cool and again <laughs> the North Carolina I love that stuff
0: um, was it this time something about him eating wings in North Carolina yeah
1: it was, it was something about that one. it yeah um, but no in general match of the night for me it was always going to be um, I just thought and I, as I said when I, we first started talking about this match my favourite main event in Dynamite since the street fight for me which uh, well, and, yeah I mean yeah. I
0: would have to agree because I've given it my highest rating like I said a 4.75 it's the highest I can get without it being perfect um, yeah uh, so match of the year for me so far thoughts uh, in regards to that um, and how this measures up to other recent matches.
2: Uh, I mean, personally I don't think I would have rated it that high, but it was still yeah. a very, very, very good match for the talent involved, but I <clears> don't <throat> like it's I feel that, you know, if you had them for, and you gave them more time on pay-per-view, I feel you would have had a lot more, or if it was just a pure in-ring match, I do think it would have been better because I feel it was yeah. a bit, I don't want to say choppy in parts, but I think the fact it was a street fight kind of took away from the potential of what the match could have actually been. Yeah,
0: and I completely agree, and I am usually hesitant to give... um, And, and you know, I was watching this all the way through, and I'm like, I'm going to give it a 4. I'm going to give it a 4.25. You know, I'm going to you know, watch it all the way through because I was trying to hold back because of the very fact it was a street fight. Do you know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. not a conventional match. It doesn't have those kind of false finishes, good false finishes, not, you know, cheap false finishes that we see in other, uh, you know, in really long kind of pay-per-view matches. I'm trying to reserve myself. And that's why, honestly, the the cutaway wasn't what lost it, you know, quarter of a point for me. It's it's the fact that we didn't have that finish that we would normally see in a in a perfect match, you know, the back and forth kind of that you'd get from a pay-per-view match or indeed like a New Japan match or something. Um so yeah, I I, I completely agree with that, but it's still that's still not enough for me to say this isn't my match of the year because it is um it kind of won me over even though i came from a position of i can't give this a a perfect score because it's a hardcore match um so yeah like it won me over in terms of storytelling which i thought there wasn't a big base for it won me over in terms of being a hardcore match not a traditional technical match just just a good match i think so next week we have ftr with Tully Blanchard, obviously, versus Matt and Mike Seidel. Matt Seidel, no, Mike Mike Seidel, sorry, making his AW Dynamite debut. We have Hangman Page, Matt Hardy, and Private Party versus Hybrid 2 and Chaos Project. That combo we all love so much coming back. We have Sting calling out Team Taz for a change. We have Serena D versus Riho in the Women's World Championship Elimination Tournament. We have the Young Bucks versus Santana Ortiz for the AEW Tag Team Championships. Thoughts on these matches, lads? Uh, For me, there's... I mean, it's
1: not gripping me but there was another card i think a week or two ago which didn't grip me and it ended up having some good matches if i had to pick match i'm most looking forward to you, you can't look behind behind you can't look beyond serena deeb reho for me return of reho oh, serena deeb just an absolute star it's amazing that we're picking our match we're looking forward to most of the women's match this is what just, 2021 the girls that's what i mean and it's just it's amazing that we you know, they've
0: done so well so far, and are keeping it going. Now, other matches not, for me. None, none of none of the good stuff this year has really been <clears> tied <throat> to their their champion either. Like, in fact, my low point in the women's division this year has been tied to the champion, which was Hiroshi's yeah. match with Abaddon. Yeah,
1: for sure. Um, but other matches, I mean, our favourite tag team, Chaos Project. Can't wait to talk about them again next week. Um, so excited. I know, but I am looking forward to Private Party, Matt Hardy and Hangman. So that's the only thing with their matches where, you know, one half is really you're looking forward to seeing, the other half is not. But I'm going to pass over to Liam and see what he's looking forward to most.
2: Uh, I'm really looking forward to Young Bucks versus Santana Ortiz because both tag teams are absolutely brilliant in-ring and I don't know whether because obviously I don't really know whether the young books are face or heel at the minute. I think it changes by the week. So I don't know whether this going to be similar to the acclaimed Jericho MJF, where it's two heel tag teams. And I don't know whether, like, obviously it a short storyline that will last a week, but I don't know whether MJF and the rest of the inner circle are going to come out and potentially even cost them the match without realising. And that will maybe serve the seeds for the next ones to leave, if they are the ones to leave, obviously. We don't really know what's happening with that. Reho versus Serena Deeb should be a very, very good match as well. I'm, to quote Jack as well, I'm actually quite excited for the women's match next week, which just shows how far AEW have come with their women's division over the last uh, 365 days and however else long compared to how it was at the start.
0: So, match of the night for you guys. Uh, let's go guess first, Liam, what was your match of the night?
2: Matching Night for me had to be the main event. It was a pretty solid show overall, but the main event was still a level above everything else despite what I said earlier about the matching question. It it just felt that he had... Obviously, I feel that there could be improvements, but I still feel that he had a little bit of everything. And if you're a casual viewer, like, that's watching the show for the first time and you see them falling in a ring and you see... I want to say, I think it was... Archer put Omega through that... Uh, Peter Avalon's bed or whatever it is. And obviously, if you see that like, the first time, you're going to be like, well, what's this? Like, What's going on here? Like, yeah, you know It what? was it f- it very, felt very chaotic.
0: It felt very attitude era as well. Um, yeah. You know, they had the person, not, not just because it was a hardcore match, but the personalities they had in there, um, people like Mox and people like Archer, very reminiscent of that era. Um, and just the fun of it as well. It was a fun match. Uh, it was fun and serious with, at the same time, which is what Attitude Era did so well, silly and serious, you know what I mean? It had Mox hitting a guy with a potato. It also had this very real kind of um, feel of, you know, hating each other, going on and really kind of serious emotions flying about, which was was the good thing about the Attitude Era. Jack, do I even have to ask what your match of the night was?
1: Yeah, you do, actually. I think my match
0: of the night (laughs) was actually Lee Johnson and
1: Cody versus Peter Avalon and Caesar Bononi. I think that just stole it. No, nah, obviously. Obviously, I'm joking, guys. <laughs> See, i am just giving you the opportunities to, you know, come out with more, so that's what we're doing here. Um, nah, I know obviously. what's wrong about my pronunciation
0: of Caesar backgammon, Jack. I resent the implication. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but no, yeah, main event for me. I mean, like I said, best main event Dynamite's had since Street Fight. It's obviously going to be my match of the
0: night. Obviously. Um, very notable mention to Darby Allin versus Joe Janella. I was rooting for it. I, I've got to be honest um, I really love that match not to be though um, the main event as it should be the best match of the night I think only once so far since we started doing this podcast has a match other than the main event been our match of the night which I think was when we voted for Serena D versus Take On T over an Inner Circle tag main event which yeah, had a that was, jank, that was... Jank, a bit of a janky finish yeah, yeah good match but had a bit of a janky finish but you know credit to AEW's booking the best match should be the last match and it has for the most part been that way this year Thanks for listening. It's been interesting having you on, Liam.
2: (laughs) Thank you very much. And most importantly, fuck hot tubs.
0: (laughs) Will you, uh, after you have a uh, few more baths with your family, will you come back and... (laughs) and uh, entertain us again sometime when we need you to fill in. Uh,
2: Yes, and I do think in future we could potentially upload it to YouTube and I'll have a camera so you can all watch me bath with my family. Quote, unquote.
0: Sorry, (laughs) what? Maybe maybe we could all do a podcast together in person after Corona. In a bath together.
2: That sounds brilliant. I'd love that. Thank you.
0: Recorded live in a bathtub. (laughs) Beautiful. Love it. Well, uh, I like to steal uh, a different wrestler's catchphrase at the end of every uh recording. I never know what it is until I do it. Um Suck it.